You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good weekend, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. It is good to see you, my friend. Gary, always good to be here. Thank You've got to you be so much. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Are you kidding me? When we're together, I always look forward to our time together. It just seems like these couple twenty some minutes just go like a rocket ship, don't they? They they really do. But I got to tell you, you have got to be one of the most busiest people that I know. Um, it, it just because there's uh so much volatility right now in in the market, um, in the housing market, in the stock market, um, in retirement funds. Every, with everything. Well, they're, they're, they're all have one thing in common. They're all investments. You know, when you invest in, oh, you can yeah. invest in real estate, you can invest in 401k, your retirement, your Roth IRA, your, your, and of course the stock market. Um, it's all over the place. You, my friend, I don't envy you because I'm sure you're getting v- very little sleep. People must be calling you all hours of the day. And I think you were saying last, was it last week where it was red Monday and it, I think it was last week. Yep. And uh, the the numbers were down and then it bounced back up the next day, the following day. And then the day after that, it went right back down again. So crazy right now. So volatile. When people call you concerned, what's the number one issue that they're most concerned about um, where you can almost predict why they're calling you? I would say the number one issue is affordability. Prices are already high and people look at, okay, here was my payment when the rates were five. And now they're, you know, six, six and a half, seven. And they're like going up by the week, it seems. Like, what is my new mortgage payment going to be? Is this still going to be feasible for me to buy a home? And um, I always take the longer term approach. We got to zoom out for a second mm-hmm. and look at like in the big picture, where are we at, right? Also, we got to look at long term solutions too. What if you buy a house today and your interest rate is seven or eight percent? What does that mean for you five years from now, 10 years from now, right? Because a mortgage is long term. So we really want to look at that and put them at ease because I've been doing this now so long. I've seen the cycles. Um, I've seen a lot of crazy cycles, although I can't remember a time when it was as volatile as it is right now. Um, It's really uncharted territory, especially for the last like 30 years, which very few have been doing finance and real estate and mortgage for over 30 years. Those that have remember the crazy times in the 80s and 90s uh, that they're comparing this time to. But Mm. we're not talking about buying a candy bar. We're not talking about even buying a new car. We're talking about buying a home, getting a mortgage, something very long term, something very permanent. So looking at a fluctuation on a day-to-day basis isn't what to focus on. And that's where people get scared. Rob, we did a show uh, that we're going to be doing right now, about a year ago. It was one of my favorites. Um, I find this topic fascinating. Um, And that is really the seasonality of real estate, really the the seasonality of anything. Well, obviously pertaining to this show, it's it's real estate and how seasons can actually affect, well, in this case, the housing market. Yeah. So we did a similar show like a year, year and a half ago, and it was just really, really well received by the audience. Um, It's a topic not a lot of people talk about. Some people don't even know it exists. And it's definitely top of mind for home buyers and people refinancing, as we'll discuss. 
right now is a great time of year to talk about it because we have this shifting in the seasons. We have the shifting from the uh, from the summer into the fall, and then we'll have fall to winter and all that. So it's like, all right. So I'm going to ask you, and I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Is there is seasonality, right, in, into the there real is estate seasonality yeah. in the real estate market? As much as you may not want to admit it or you want to choose to ignore it, there is seasonality in the real estate market, and it's based on the time of year when there's an imbalance between the supply and demand. So usually, what it entails is cooling weather which happens when we get into the fall season and then fall into winter. And as the weather cools down, the real estate market also tends to cool as well. Um, some of it is going to be dependent on what area of the country that you live, whether you're purchasing or selling a property. And um, if you are a seller, then the supply and demand obviously is huge for when you're going to list your home. And one of the factors that's going to actually impact that the most is the seasonality of the real estate market and of the seasons, of course. So while you might not think that actually has a big impact on the price that you're going to actually get for your home or the price that you're going to pay when you buy a home, it makes a big difference. And in a typical year, a normal year, the seasonality can change the price of a, a home by as much as 10%. So it is significant. I don't even know if this is a fair question, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Is there a best time of the year to buy a home? Or There is a best time of year to buy okay. a home, and I'll tell you what that time is for in a second. But the more important thing as the time of year, best time to buy a home, is what is your best time to buy a home? Because most of moving into a property that you're going to live in is based on personal circumstances like kids going back to school, job transfers, job responsibilities. Are you working remote? Are you working from an office? What vacations do you have planned? What holidays are coming up? All that comes into play when it comes to buying a home or selling a home. So simply me telling you the best time of year doesn't make a difference. It's what is it going to be for you? If you are somebody that doesn't have kids, you're single and you don't really have any protocols to stand by and you can move whenever you want, wherever you want, then fall into winter is the best time to buy a home historically. And that's when homes tend to sell for less. And I look just at myself um, almost by, it wasn't on purpose because I've been buying real estate for a long time. And I only recently in the last couple of years came really truly in tune with this seasonality factor. But I look at the properties I've bought, which is several over the years, and every single one I bought between the months of October and March. So when we think about that, and I'm always trying to get a good deal like anybody else, whether it's commercial property or on a real estate investment or an owner-occupied home, I'm always trying to get that good deal. So it's, to me, almost a sign from the world, from God, that I bought at the time that I should have. Because now studying this, analyzing this, and seeing this, I know that that October to March, that's the sweet spot right there. You know, and the further you get into the winter, once you start getting into January and February, the more desperate sellers will get, as we'll be discussing. So that's the best time. Now, I want to really dive into this a little bit further before we move on, because what's the why behind it? So buyers and sellers that have children, which is a majority of people buying and selling homes, have 
children, at least in most areas of the country, they don't want to uproot their family in the middle of the school school season or in the middle of the school year. And they want to also wait until they have more free time available to move because moving, you have to pack stuff up. You have to get boxes. You have to go through all that. Then you have to unpack. Like moving can be a several month process. Um, and it's very, very stressful. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that in the middle of a vacation, like we were saying, or in the middle of the holidays, right? So that's why people tend to move during the time of year, like the summertime, because the kids are out of school. A lot of people take off time from jobs, and it's like the perfect time to be investing all this extra time into buying a home, closing on a home, and going into everything that you know entails. So studies have shown that the busiest moving times of the year are during the summer, with June being one of the busiest months. And July 31st is the single busiest day of the year for moving. Okay. So that shows you that people are likely shopping in the housing market at the end of the school year. And as summer draws to a close, they're trying to wrap up their transactions, get their kids back into school, get established so they can hit the ground running at that point. You also are going to find less people moving during the holidays, which eliminates the period between November and January for a lot of those people. So Again, if you are not tied down and you have flexibility with not only your finances, but also like the areas you're going to move and the time of year you're going to move, then you really want to be honing in on that winter time, that November, December, January time, because there's so many people out of the market at that point, just because of New Year's, the holidays and whatnot. People don't want to add to the burden they already have because a lot of people travel at that time of year. They see family, they have family coming, whatever it may be to add a home purchase or a refinance on top of that, it can be difficult. So that's why if you don't have to worry about that, if you have that flexibility, which I did before I was married and had kids, I did have that flexibility. (laughs) And let me tell you, I got the best deals on real estate because of understanding the seasonality and understanding the best time of year when to actually get that good deal. July 31st, huh? July 31st, that's the busiest moving day of the year. That's when you don't want to be moving technically because you're then in the herd with everybody else (laughs) and you're probably paying top dollar for your home and all that. All right. So then the companion question to that, Rob, is what's the best time of year to refinance or maybe even get an appraisal? Right. So someone may ask, why would it even be different? refinancing versus a home purchase. And there's a lot of reasons why it's different, but the biggest is the appraisal factor. So when you're doing a refinance, specifically a cash out refinance, and you're trying to maximize the value of your home, we really want to look at what time of year is the best time when the home values are the highest, because that's going to get you the best deal on your refinance or the most cash out of that equity of the property. So what we're looking at there is late summer to early fall. So I'm talking about like, August, September-ish is really what I'm talking about for a timeline. That's going to allow you to benefit from the high sales that happened over the summer because appraisers are going to look back at the last six months. So they're, if they're appraising your home in, let's say, the end of August, they're going to go back and they're going to look at the sales that happened in July, in June, in May, and, and back even further. And those sales, as we've been talking about, are probably elevated sales because that's when the market's the hottest for home buying. So that's going to mean your property is going to be worth more having the home appraised in that uh, you know fall type of timeline versus having it done at, let's say, March or April, when they're going to be looking more at the sales from the previous winter that we're just getting out of. You want to maximize your value 
So you want to have your home appraised at that time. So again, late summer, early fall, specifically from an appraisal standpoint when you're refinancing. Rob, talk about some real world examples where understanding the seasons within the real estate market has led to success for some of your clients. Sure. So a couple really good examples that are real world happening right now in the past several months. So I had a client come to me. He had tried to refinance with a big box uh, online lender um, back in like April. And when he got the appraisal done by that lender, the appraisal came in much lower than he was expecting. So the entire refinance got botched. He canceled it. He didn't move forward. He's actually now a listener of the show. He found us on the podcast and listened to a show where we were talking about this stuff, connected with me, and we timed out when the best time to actually get an appraisal done. So we had an appraisal done on his home in the early part of August, okay? And when we had that appraisal done in early August, it came in 36,000 more than the house when it was appraised back in the March-April timeline. That's one example right there of who you work with matters and understanding the seasonality. Now he was able to actually get more cash out than he was expecting. And some of this was luck. You know, the market did obviously appreciate a bit during that time, but he would have either gotten a really bad refinance or had to redo it again had he taken that first one. So that's one example. Another one's PMI removal. So a lot of people right now, they bought in the last year or two, and they're finally at the point where they're going, wow, my house has gone up. It's time to get rid of that PMI that you have to pay if you have a conventional loan and you're putting less than 20% down. So a lot of people are anticipating getting rid of that PMI. In order to do that, though, you have to get, again, an appraisal on your property. So timing it right, has been a godsend because I have actually a family that bought a property in early 2020 in Thomaston, Connecticut, and they only put 5% down. So they had quite a bit of ways to go to get to that 20% equity. We had their home appraised just about a month ago, and it was about a year and a half after they bought the house. I'm sorry, it was about two and it's two and a half years after they bought the house and their home value now has gone from where they had 5% equity to where they had 25% equity. So they're able to get rid of the PMI, get a better uh, overall monthly payment because they dropped that extra insurance off of their mortgage and they, hey, the property value went up and they've benefited. Now they're in a secure long-term mortgage and they don't have to worry about it anymore. Had they done this at the wrong time, they wouldn't have gotten rid of their PMI or they would have only reduced it a little bit, not as much as we're talking about. So that's definitely a big deal. Now, buying versus refinancing as far as a timeline is something that we also have to talk about. So buy in the winter and then refinance in the summer and early fall. Those are the timelines that you want to think of if you're a home buyer, because with interest rates elevated, with the market shifting, the mortgage that you get today is probably not going to be the mortgage that you have two, three, five years from now. So how do we time this? Well, what we want to look at is buy when the values are low, winter, and then in the future, when it's time to look at the PMI removal, the cashing out of equity, or just the reduction in your interest rate, you really want to do that at the best time, which is going to be that summer to early fall, when the home values are going to be appreciated, and they're going to be at that highest level of the year. So if you can really get in tune with that and understand, it's not just an emotional decision, okay, but there's real logic behind it. And this stuff, this seasonality happens every single year, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what the interest rates are doing, no matter what the real estate market is doing, these happen no matter what. So this may be the little edge that you need to get that better deal on your next home or on your next refi. Out of curiosity, Rob, how do you see the market conditions for buyers in this upcoming winter real estate market? After everything that you've, we've talked about in the past and knowing how the state of 
things are right now. Right. So a lot of people have been asking me, you know, when do you see the shift or where are we going to be yeah. at um, versus where we are now? Because it's been so tough for home buyers over the last couple of years. And I will tell you that I'm starting to see that shift. It's actually been more abrupt than I expected. I expected it to be slow and gradual, but with the drastic change in the economy and the forecast and the GDP and, you know, the inflation factor, this has been an abrupt shift. So suddenly sellers are a little more scared now to sell their home. They aren't sure that they're going to sell it as quickly as they would before. They aren't sure that they should be listing it as high as they would have a year ago. And they're getting that feedback from the real estate professional community to say, uh, that's not going to work. And realtors are are getting that certain price points that may have been realistic a year or two ago are not even going to be fathomed now. They're not going to get offers. And I've seen some unrealistic sellers that put their house on the market a few months ago. They got a bite or two, but no real legit offers. And now they're sitting, they've barely budged on price and they're sitting two or three months later and they can't sell their house. Okay. That's a bad situation for a seller. That's a great situation for a buyer. There hasn't been that leverage for a buyer in about two years, two and a half years. So this has been a long time coming. The buying community, the first time buyers, the move up buyers, you guys have been waiting for this. Now is time. Just because it's winter, don't be like everyone else and go into the hole until next year. You need to have your pre-approval ready to roll. You need to have your relationship set up. You need to have your team ready. So when that opportunity to buy comes up and you can get that great deal based on seasonality, based on good negotiation, and based on the market shifting, you need to pounce on that now. Because it's not going to be around technically a year or two from now. The market's going to shift again. So you can't sit there and be greedy and wait and wait and wait. When you see that opportunity, when you see that gap and that drop that you've been looking for, go ahead and move forward. If it bounces more, you might be able to get a better deal a year from now. Stop looking at it linearly as one thing and start looking at it as building your wealth in an entire real estate portfolio. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Well, along with uh, Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. You can contact Rob uh, very easily at 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that number at the end of the show. Um, you can also check him out online at robgw.com. Rob, how does the season play a role, though, in sellers listing their home? Yeah, so sellers start to panic when we get into the winter for a couple reasons, so that they're a lot more desperate to sell their home and list their home than they would have been earlier in the year. So what I'm talking about is, especially in the Northeast here, there's additional expenses that come to owning a home during the winter. For example, oil, gas, snow plowing, shoveling, maintenance, things of that nature. So that's going to add an additional layer of expenses to a home seller that, again, weren't there several months earlier. So they get a little bit more realistic and they're more eager to negotiate in the winter than they would have been at another time of year because there's less competition. So if you're one of 20 buyers, then they can basically name their price. But if you're the only buyer or one of a small handful, mm. now there's a real negotiation going on. Now they're really going to be looking closely at your offer versus the others and where can corners be cut to help you win the deal and get a good deal. Your real estate professional, the consultant that you've chosen to represent you during the transaction, that's going to be huge. But if you're a seller and you want to maximize your value, then obviously you want to be selling in the summertime because that's when you're going to get top dollar. 
Um, that's also when the expenses are lower. But like we always say, you got to look at both ends. If you sell high in the summer, you may also have to buy high. So in an ideal scenario, if you could sell high in the summer and then wait it out a couple months till winter to actually buy your next property, that would be absolutely ideal because that's going to get you the highest price when you sell and the lowest price when you buy. Okay. It seems that's actually, it's pretty logical. Right? But no, too, though, if you're a seller that you are usually a buyer, right? So well, you, unless you're moving out of state, I mean, you're still going to be a buyer, but, um, you know, because, because housing prices in one state may be different from housing prices. They in may be, state. they may be. And, the, and we have yeah. seen like pockets like that of certain markets that are amazingly resilient versus of others. But for a lot of people like you, if you're buying and selling and trying to do it at the same time, you're not going to have the luxury of selling when you want to. You're going to be selling based off of the factors of selling and buying and trying to put those two things together because you're going to need a home to live in during the gap. If you're trying to sell at one season and buy in another, you're going to need somewhere to live. Well, I, I mentioned that because and it kind of leads into my next question. Is, is the seasonality of real estate just, is it specific to the Northeast U.S. or is it is it nationwide? Or? Yeah. So when I was preparing for the show, that was a big question I had, too. And I did some research on it to see, like, where is this seasonality focused? And the seasonality does vary from location to location. Each market has its nuances. For example, cities like Phoenix experience a snowbird effect, whereas the winter months are actually more popular because a lot of people move and want to move from that winter climate over to the nice uh, sunny, you know, beautiful, higher temperature, which is like that in certain areas. Whereas on the East Coast, you have the seasonality of the winter and like it's a harsh winter a lot of the time and people don't like to relocate during that timeline like we've been talking about. But in a city like Denver, for example, there's huge seasonality similar to the Northeast where the winter climate plays a huge role in the the pace of home sales. And you usually see the brisk pace slow down after we get out of that summertime hotness and into that fall and winter. And it seems like the further we get towards the end of the year, the more you see that pace of home sales actually drop. So it is definitely location by location, but you need to factor in if the area you're looking at buying a home is in an area that has good weather during the winter, like if it's hot, then you're not going to see as much of this seasonality versus if you're in Colorado or Connecticut, Massachusetts, those areas are going to see a huge, huge advantage to this seasonality because they have the winters. The Midwest would be no different. Chicago, Missouri, Wisconsin. And I would say the majority of the U.S. has that seasonality. It's just those certain pockets like in Florida, Arizona, uh, certain parts of Texas, those areas don't get as cold in the winter. So those areas have a little bit of a different effect that you'll just want to be aware of during your home search. So then how should a home seller approach these strategies to maximize the price their home sells for? Yeah. So as a home seller, a lot of people make their decisions emotionally and they're like, oh my mm. God, the sky is falling. I need to list my home now. Everyone says the market's going down like this is it. But as a home seller, a future home seller, you really want to step back, you know, look at that long-term approach, understand that the decisions that you make now in selling your home, they could affect you for a long time. 
every extra dollar you can get selling your home is more money you can put into your next property or whatever your next financial goal is. So the first thing that I would do as a home seller is I would have a target timeline of when you want to list your home. So if you're trying to maximize that value and you're in the Northeast, spring and summer is when you want to be listing your home and closing on that sale of your home. So have that target timeline so you can kind of reverse engineer of when you're going to need to talk to a realtor, when you're going to need to get pre-approved, all those different things that come into play. So that's the first thing. The next thing is get your team in place. So prepare with that trusted realtor, figure out who you're going to use to list your home, do your due diligence, get your recommendations, get your referrals, do your interviews because you're not in a rush at this point. We're playing way, way ahead of time and very, very conservative. So you've got time to be able to vet out and figure out who is the one in my market that I wanna work with, who is the one that's got my best interest at heart and has the reputation uh, that's actually going to be able to represent me and get the home sold for top dollar. You also may find when you meet with a realtor that they're going to want some repairs to get done on your home or some changes to get done on your home before they list your home. So that might take you a couple weeks. It might take you a couple months. You want to plan that out early. So again, reverse engineer it to figure out so you're not actually like scrambling and stressing at the last minute. And the last thing that I would say on approaching these strategies to get the most bang for your buck and get the highest dollar when you sell your home is when your realtor and your real estate professional make recommendations to you on getting your home ready for sale, get those done ahead of time and don't argue with them about it. If they're telling you that something needs to be done to get your home ready for sale, there's a reason for it. If you've chosen the right professional, there is a true motivation for them to help you sell your home quickly. The quicker it sells, the less stress, the quicker you get paid, the quicker they get their commission. So when they ask you to make an adjustment here or there, really, again, take them at their word. They are the expert and get those changes or items needed that are to be done as early and as quickly as you possibly can. That's going to give you more time to get the highest offer and strike while the iron's hot when it comes to selling your home. You know, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, October to March, you know, being a really key time to sell. Problem though, and not so much in October. I mean, we're October now. It's beautiful. And, and I would say in the Northeast, the autumn would be a selling point if somebody was to, you know, purchase a home mm -hmm. in Connecticut from out of state. You start getting into winter and colder temperatures and snow even, it makes the whole mobility of moving a lot more challenging. Sure, you can go and get a U-Haul or get a moving company, um, <clears throat> but there are a lot of people I know who like to do it or would prefer to do it themselves. And the roads aren't, they're a little more treacherous in the wintertime than they are in the summer. And, and even, not even just the roads in, in traversing our state, but even unloading and loading and unloading, you know, the truck, it, it makes it a little bit more challenging. I think that's the, to the disadvantage in the Northeast to, to move in those, in those parameters of the months. Totally. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't prefer yeah. it, but that's also why there's these advantages for those who do. That's right. You know, it's like getting married in the off season, you know, you could, you know, a lot of the, the prices are a lot higher in the summer, but you know, if you want to get married in the, in the winter time, Boy, all the rates go down, right down. And know? I think a lot of people, especially if they're buying their first home, they don't understand that there is even a seasonality at all. 
So yeah. they're just going off, hey, here's when it makes sense for me to buy a home. And that's great because like we're talking about, personal circumstances drive a lot of this. But a lot of people, if they knew this one little tidbit, it might shift a little bit of their plan. It might shift a little bit of you know their long-term goals and allow them to actually make more money or save more money. I, I'm running out of time here, um, but really quickly. But what's what's the inventory like, though, in the winter months? It's I, I would imagine it's not as plentiful as, let's say, the summer months. So always the inventory is more of a challenge in that time, um, for, for no doubt about it. But what you'll find is the sellers that are on the market are much more motivated. A lot of them have been on the market for longer, which means they're more willing to make a deal. And there's less competition for you as a buyer. So you're not competing against 10, 20, 30 other offers. Right. So that's why even though there's less inventory, you can definitely get ahead financially. Folks, you have been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like to make an appointment with Rob, it's very easy. Here's that number. I hope you had your pen and paper ready. 860-413-3938. I'll say it again. 860-413-3938. On the web, it's robgw.com. And if you'd like to send him an email, that's easy to do. Simply email him at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Until next weekend, thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.